0: On this episode of AV Week, we look at Google's Jamboard, the new interactive board by the uh, Find Search folks. Also, talk about how higher ed is evolving, and look at AV connections. All that and more next on AV Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is this AV, AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Middle Atlantic. This is AV Week, episode 291, recorded Friday, March 24th, 2017. Jammin' Jamboard. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. Is AV Week your weekly wrap up of audio, visual news and information? My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to talk about the news and information of the week. First and foremost, uh, she works for a company called Net AV, is also the host, uh, the co host of our AV Social show. Her name is AV Dawn or Dawn Mead. How are you, ma'am?
1: Very good. Thanks. Thanks for having me this week.
0: Absolutely. Um, Not for nothing, but uh, we actually just posted a new AV Social um, today. Uh, Well, the time you're watching it it'll be last friday but yeah it, it was uh, a very good show uh we talked with uh, the folks at Buyamp about their T-Lux super secret you know uh spy promo from last year's and how they world yeah. that out so check that out uh also with us a former uh cohort in the tech manager world but he just like me uh jumped the uh jumped the ed- the education market and now greg brown works for cybertech hello sir Broke the
2: golden handcuffs yes. was the way they were putting it. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello,
0: world. Hello, Good world. Yes. <laughs> That's it's old... been a while. Yeah, It has been. It has been. Hello, world is an old programming joke. So, All right. Yes. Let's kick this off, shall we? Uh, not for nothing, but Greg's in California, so just north of him is a small little company called, technically it's called Alphabet, but we all refer to it as Google. They have a 4K whiteboard. It's going to hit the market in, in May. Uh, uh, this comes to us from Innovate on the Net. First announced back in October, Google has revealed its 4K interactive whiteboard product called Jamboard. It will go on sale in the U.S. in May. Google Jamboard is equipped with a 55-inch 4K touchscreen, comes with an HD camera, Wi-Fi, and a pair of speakers. List price on this, kids, is $5,000. Uh, it's going after the Surface Hub, uh, which retails for roughly nine thousand dollars U.S. Also, not for nothing, is also going up against uh, Cisco Spark, which was announced last month. Uh, Greg, first question for you: You and I both come from the from the education world, which is kind of where interactive whiteboards were born and 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 developed uh, first and foremost. I would say, and and died about, and, and died. I wouldn't. Ears. They're not oh, dead think. yet, um, are they? Yeah, but you and you and I have now worked in commercial AV for a while. True. Have you ever seen an interactive whiteboard in commercial AV? Well, not until Microsoft and the Surface Hub Pro started coming out, and then you've got Google, and you've and, got... And how many
2: of them did you install?
0: None. Uh, and and, don't, and don't, not for nothing, don't forget about Infocus's MondoPad, too. Which is a wonderful product, and I would love to find a place to integrate one now, but...
2: Uh, and I take that back. Uh, I have done one MondoPad. It's it's a nice product. It is, and the uh, the uh, what is it? The NEC one also, and the Sharp and the, the sharp, sharp one. Sharp one is very nice too. Um, but uh, boy, you know this is this is just like being back on the EdTech show talking about completely pointless technologies that nobody's going to use. Okay, so
0: so to that point, to that and that and and to that point, and and we're going to get Don's take on this too because Don has a completely separate. Uh, vertical she's she lives in and in, in, in around Maryland and DC and, and heavily into the into the government realm Greg and the reason I asked this is because of the number of high profile IT companies that are getting into this space Microsoft, Google, Cisco okay I'm not discounting in focus by any stretch of the imagination nor am I discounting uh, the NEC products but the only the only high profile tech company I didn't name there is Apple so because all these folks these, these really smart engineers are, are getting together and, and putting these products together what does that say? Because you you and I both have, the, I, I believe we're both the same mindset where the smart board, right, and smart was the company that kind of developed it first and that was the, the ubiquitous name that we all use for it regardless of who manufactured it they came and went in the education space but now in the huddle room space the 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 meeting space all of these really smart uh, it companies are developing these products what does that say um, 20 years ago everybody and their brother made a
2: a document camera that didn't made it mean anybody actually used them on campus okay and, and we installed them all over campus yeah. and and it, it's it's an it's an incredibly niche product um I, and like the document camera, I, th- I think it's a really neat thing if you know how to use it. I just don't think it's something um, – it's, it's kind of a great idea looking for a market, and most people really don't know what to do with it, and I think when it gets installed, it's not used that often. Overall, um, it, it is certainly not nearly as well as it could be if somebody really understood what
0: it could do and put it through its paces correctly. All right. Uh, dawn from from where you sit again back out east coastway and in the heart of government land where do you see this i mean do you see this going in uh to government facilities whether it's dod or less secure areas i guess is the best way to put that
1: i of two minds on this product actually um a lot of me is saying exactly what greg's saying even not coming from the higher ed world and that's, you know, how many document cameras did we put in boardrooms over the years that are just dust gatherers? You know, how often did we put these things in and one person out of 300 that uses that room might think about turning it on? I mean, it, it, it's kind of that aspect of it. It's, it's fairly irrelevant. I mean, if in, in, in our world, in, in, in the corporate world and, and government world, for the most part, when we think interactive whiteboard, we're like, oh, that's those ed guys. They, they use the hell out of those go to town K through 12, go to town higher ed, we'll be over here selling like other systems that don't even do that. The other thing though, that intrigues me about this, a little more than the Surface Pro or Hub or whatever the heck, the one that we've been bagging on since Infocom of two years ago, um, is this one is a little more (laughs) inclusive and this one reminds me a little more of something that, I, I mean, I just put together a tech briefing that I'm gonna be presenting at a tabletop show, a little technology show at one of the military bases near here in a couple of weeks. And one of the upcoming tech trends that I'm talking about in that tech briefing and that I might be writing some blogs about if Tim bugs me enough, um, is the fact that one of the new trends that's coming along that we're seeing more and more of as integrators is the pre-integrated all-in-one solution as Greg said, specifically for the huddle room spaces, or as Tim might have said, one of you said, um, the huddle room spaces, they're being owned by IT. The people that traditionally hired integrators weren't just the IT guy, and they didn't have 50,000 spaces to roll out. They had like three boardrooms, and they would you know, work with facilities and, and the CEOs and IT to, to hire us to put things in. Now we've got IT departments rolling out hundreds of spaces, thousands of spaces, depending on the size of your client. And all they want is a simple uh, COTS, you know, commercial off the shelf, plug it in one, t- one unit that does everything we want. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to hire an integrator. We don't have to hire a programmer and spend all that money. Just simple works. When it doesn't work, we either replace it or we get in a service call. That's what they want. And if this Jamboard has enough features it very likely could be a solution that will get a lot of traction in that market. I know from our point of view, we've got the new Mercury coming out from Crestron, yeah. or yeah, Crestron that does not have the, the screen or anything, but it is aimed at that market. It's like, buy our little thing, put it on your table, attach it to a monitor, you've got your system ready to go. You've got umpteen other companies, I think that's what the one BiAmp, um, the names left me, uh, one of the BIAMP products is similar, that they're trying to get like an all-in-one, attach it to a screen, put some video with it, and it does everything. You know, uh, I could name tens of other manufacturers that have the same or similar products in development right now. And I know integrators, some integrators are starting to put together, mine included, little single SKU packages where our customer will say, we want a, you know, net AV, ABC product, that's what we're gonna bid. We want everyone to bid on a Net ABC. And NetAV ABC comes in and it's just a all in one, ready to go monitor, thing on the table, speakers, video camera, soft codec, because we already use that. We already use, you know, whatever soft codec is our you know, Zoom, since we're using that here. That you know, that's what our 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 company or our agency is has standardized on. And we just want a little plug-in unit that goes with that. And so as more and more of these roll out, and as this becomes a bigger part of our world, as integrators, as AV people, I think there's a space for a Jamboard if it has the right components or the right features, which I'm not convinced that the Microsoft one that we've seen, unless they've changed it, has the right features. It's just a really beefed up monitor and electronic whiteboard. This seems like it could have, I mean, it's talking in the article here about collaboration tools for smartphones and tablets to sync with the Jamboard, And it's talking about bringing in the, you know, so it's like, it kind of has a built in um, click share or, yep. you know, click share type thing. Collaboration exactly. aspect. Exactly. So if it has these right features, there could be a very big and lucrative market for it because we're seeing demand for that across agencies, across corporate clients and Across manufacturers who think it's a big enough of a trend that they're building these things. I mean, like you said, Microsoft, Google, you know, Cisco, Cisco. they're all coming out with a product like this. There is a need, there is a demand. So I think it could be very good. I'm anxious to actually see it and see what it has. Is it something that we need to put into our lineup, so to speak?
0: Well, I, I checked right before we, we got on the air here and started recording. They are not, as of today's date, which is the twenty fourth of March. They are not showing at Infocom. As of right now, at least they're not listed on the on the exhibitor list. So, uh, if somebody happens to, to see one of these in the wild or, or they get a demo of it, please let us know and, and you know, let us know what you think of it. So, shoot it and bring it back to camp. Well, stop it. <laughs> All right. Next up, this is this again that goes back to to Greg and I's. Uh, history, I guess, five ways the higher ed market is evolving. This comes to us from commercial integrator. Tom LeBlanc, old friend of the show, writes about this. He says, beyond demand, higher ed students have an expectation of intuitive, interactive technology solutions, and integrators are in a position to deliver evolving systems. Don, I'm going to start with you on this because he he mentions a couple pieces of technology that actually spans uh, education into Uh, both government and also corporate, one of that is the move away from lamps. And and we'll we'll talk about projectors here in a second. But something that I've been told time and again from not only integrators, but also from folks like Greg and I in our old lives as tech managers and and people who use this stuff on a daily basis is the term total cost of ownership, right? I didn't know what the heck that meant 15 years ago uh, before I started getting more and more involved in, in my campus's purchasing product. And that's one of the benefits from what I'm you know from what I understand it the laser projectors have uh, not for nothing but you have no consumables in a laser projector yes technically after 20,000 or 30,000 hours you could replace the components that actually make the light but there's not a lamp to replace Right. as a tech manager that is a huge thing not only from a cost standpoint but uh, I know that I have gotten I had gotten more than once a call as class was starting or you know five minutes after it start because the lamp blew and scared the bejesus out of half the class and you know the projector screaming at you because he can't finish his powerpoint or she can't finish her lecture so don from your standpoint either how have, are you seeing education evolving or just you know the, this move in general to more interactivity in the corporate and and the government space
1: well, those are kind of very different questions because from our point of view, from the corporate and government space, I almost couldn't tell you the last time we sold a projector. Okay. In all honesty, to us, a big chunk of that market is dead because the screens have gotten bigger. You know, the the video walls are, are have come down in price that they're more reasonable for companies. And so those are solutions that they prefer in the corporate and government spaces. Whether that's because in their minds there's this history of requiring consumables and bulbs and filters and all the other jazz that goes with it, or whether there's some other factor at play, I'm not certain. But it's, it's a very small, very niche part of our market at this point because of the way the rest of the technologies, the screen, the flat panels, for instance, have, have come up. That's where our customers want to go. Um, that said, when we do have customers that are looking for projectors, they are looking more at the lampless, the laser projectors, the things that basically become disposable because by time you need to replace the color wheel and the light generating engine in it, you know, something newer and better has been out for a couple of years and is affordable now. So it's basically a hang it up, walk away, use it till it's dead, then replace it thing, which is great for convenience i'm sure terrible for landfills and and the environment and all of those things uh you know i'm not the green av expert (laughs) um but that that's to me that makes a lot of sense i i I see that as a fact um even before that though for from an integrator standpoint when we would do higher ed which wasn't often there were certain companies that just in our region focus on higher ed and they get all the work but the 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 customers in the higher ed world wanted to only buy from one or two manufacturers. And the reason for that is those one or two manufacturers say, when you would buy our projector, we'll just send you lamps for life. And so they train someone on campus, how to change the lamp or the manufacturer, if they're nearby, send someone out to change the lamp. And so it's not a factor. of The integrator, the integrator basically brings it in, puts it up and then forgets about it. So, you know, to us, it's not such a big deal. Um, you know, we don't do the tons of higher ed, the ones that did, they were fairly self-sufficient. Uh, but I, I, I do agree that the, the, as people become aware that it's a thing, they're going to say, well, why am I buying and paying for lamps and changing lamps yeah. when I could just put this laser thing up and be done with it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Greg, from, from both sides of your brain, both as a former tech manager and also <laughs> as somebody who works for integration now, how is, how has the market changed over the last couple of years?
2: uh definitely more towards laser i mean i i agree yeah projectors are still uh pretty meat and potatoes in the educational world um you know like like we've said you know you can't roll up a a, a monitor and uh, you can roll up a screen and so far we're still covering many of those walls in in the in the schools with uh whiteboards or chalkboards so um it, it projectors have a, a a pretty sturdy or pretty uh pretty safe niche there i think for a while still uh we have, have to wait till we get the roll-up monitors i think I, I
1: was the gonna OLED. Say they're, they're, they're running those ads for the oled are, ND, yeah it's getting up.
2: close we're getting close uh but here uh you know integrating and and you know 99% of what we do is commercial we really we don't play much in the educational world cuz there's this is a very competitive environment and generally higher ed stuff you know some somebody's buying the work somebody is bidding it at you know just a couple points to get the to get the to just to get the work in house and we don't need to play in that field, and so generally we don't. I mean, I've, I've got some some friends of mine that I do box sales for, basically because they're doing their own integration. And uh, you know, most companies are not interested in, in just selling box equipment.
0: So, I uh, mean, well, quickly, I want to I want to take a side side car there. You and I both were when we were tech managers. That's something we ended up doing. Is that mm-hmm. something you're seeing more and more of where, what I, I say, when I say that's something, where it, we took our, our integration in house uh, year over year, refresh, stuff like that. Now, it, the college I worked at, big new buildings, we would still put out to, to bid and stuff like that. But year over year, stuff that we could take care of, we did. Is, is that something you're seeing more and more of where education houses are bringing their integration more in?
2: I, I think that is still an ongoing thing and a growing thing, particularly in higher education, uh, because if you if you can get the talent in house, it's a better way to go. However, out here in the commercial world, you know you very rarely see, um, boy, how do I say this nicely? You you very rarely see people in charge of systems who often they're not people that you would put in charge of systems if you had the option gotcha. and so um, you know we as much as we we like those big fat juicy expensive service calls it, it's almost really not worth the trouble and if we can sell the monitors or you know I got I, I a big project right now I'm probably going to spec out like a 12k lumen uh, laser uh, because it's like 25 feet up in the air on a post Phew. it's like um, you know we don't really want to be going back changing that lamp if we can avoid it i mean yeah we could make some money off of it but there are better things to be making money off of than 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 replacing lamps especially 25 Uh, feet in the air especially 25 feet in the air um so it's it's definitely we try something we try and avoid and make it it lets you make the system a, a lot more robust and a lot more, less likely that they're going to call you in the middle of the night or on a weekend and have
0: some sort of problem and have no idea what to do yeah. because they do. Oh, they do. <laughs> All right. Uh, last story here before I let you guys get out of here. This is something that we've talked about before, and I, I, I want to bring it back up again real quick. Our friends over at AV Magazine have started something called AV Connections, and their next event for our listeners and our viewers that are in uh, England, uh, their next event is, is March 28th. They've, they're adding a couple people, and and they're adding Google to it. They're adding uh, CC, CCD design. I, I want to bring this up to you guys, though, and this is something that I, I want to get. I, the reason I I like having the two of you on today is is I'm in Saint Louis, Greg is in California, Don is in Maryland, and and I'm bringing that up for this very question. AV Connections is primarily in and around the England area. Yes, they're they're starting to expand out to some other areas partnering with, um, with the AV User Group with, for some stuff. And AV User Group, just for the record, if you're not familiar with them, they're not in the States that, that I'm aware of, but they are uh, throughout the world. And so uh, they just opened up a chapter in Hong Kong. So it's actually a really good group of, of folks, uh, primarily end users and technology managers. Um, this is something that I've been watching and interested in. And I'm going to ask you to kind of an oddball question here. The question is this, and Greg, we'll start with you because of the size and shape of of the US and how regionalized we are how would somebody whether it's AV magazine or, or another or infocom cuz infocom does uh, some regional events i just went to uh, almo's e4 event in chicago this week they do regional events but something like this that's more thought leadership how would somebody go about doing something like that in the US or are we just so segmented that that's not possible
2: i think it's doable i think it's doable in in certainly big regional areas you know like the greater los angeles area um we don't i I don't think we play together well in this industry necessarily all the time um you know integrators we don't tend to get together and socialize um you know i i can talk to people I, i i kind of have a little bit of a weird uh past that lets me talk to other integrators and stuff like that because i talked with them back when i was at ucla um but generally we don't socialize and you know a lot of these guys that came from other companies you know last thing they want to do is hang around with people at the company they just left uh you know uh so i i don't think we necessarily play very well together um as well as we did back there in higher ed and that was the the neat thing when we could actually make it happen is getting people together and you know trading ideas and socializing and and you know working on something for the the greater good of 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 everybody like um you know uh infocom has since started an an integrators council and you know i give them props for that i'm i'm curious to see where it's going to go um because generally that's not an audience that, that, like I said, gathers together and works together. But, uh, you know, I'll
0: give them credit for doing it. Right. Don. So, of... so I think it's
2: possible but difficult.
0: All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Don, same question to you. You know, how, how would we go about making this happen?
1: Uh, well, first, let me just say to Greg, I didn't know that they were trying to resurrect a systems integrator council, so I will look into that.
2: That we've, we've had like three meetings now, but yes, there is a, is a system integrators council. Talk back in Eric. the
1: day when I started in this industry, I was part of, that was probably my first in, uh, volunteering with Infocom. I was part of their systems integration leadership council. So it existed in the past. And we got to a point where it was like, what are we even doing here, guys? Like, why why does this exist? And then it kind of went away. So I'm glad to hear it's coming back. Hopefully we can make a go of it. Um, To answer Tim's question, I, I think it's true. We're very regional. We're very broken up by regions. What I do here in DC is a foreign world from what people are doing in Dallas, St. Louis, LA, Oregon, Minneapolis. Oh my gosh, I talk to Kelly sometimes before our AV social shows. And we could be in different worlds, mm-hmm. let alone, you know, like the same industry, the same role, so to speak, but it's just completely different. Not only that, you know, because Greg was saying it, you never talk to your other integrators in your region. Well, that might be true in LA. In the BC area, we all kind of talk. No, I mean, we don't go out bowling together, for instance, unless Infocom's having a bowling event, which they did a few months ago. But, you know, we do talk and we do make nice with each other to a point because in this area we're very small, we're very tightly knit and we have a very unique marketplace with the federal government and the state governments that people job hop worse than you know our industry as a whole job hops. Once you're in, we're like the mafia, we always you say you get pulled back in.
2: You can in check area, out any time you leave or you want, but you can never leave. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. But in, in this area, because of the unique skill set, job hop a lot. God love him. My husband, you guys know Harry. He's been with about four or five different system integrators, as well as working directly with government contractors in their systems integration divisions. And you have to make nice with the other integrators in this region, because if you don't, in a few months, a few years, when you're looking for a job, you didn't make nice, you're not going to get that open door that you would if you were. So I think the regional differences in this country And the market differences, you know, New York has a very different market than DC, has a very different market than LA, has a very different market than St. Louis. You know, those really hinder our ability to take part in this kind of thought leadership event altogether. That said, I think NSCA's BLC has done well. I think the AVEC has done well. I haven't had a chance to go to that one. I think even the CI Summit that they have once a year and bring people in from around the country and Canada and wherever else, those events do work well if you have the time and the money and the ability to go and take part in them, and not everybody does. But I think events like that, and if they have events like that at Infocom, the show where everybody makes a point of coming, I think that is where we could have a more thought leader development, mind trusts kind of thing happening in our industry. And you know, that said, it's more on the marketing front, but I'm kind of looking forward to this year's Infocom because they're trying something called having a Tide Conference. Yep. And it is aimed more at marketing and sales, but I think that there's room for technicians and engineers in there to change how we think about what we do and what we provide to our clients. And it sounds like just the kind of thing that that these folks over in the UK are providing, but aimed at a different Point of view, or aimed at a different idea, and InfoComs having it right at the show, which is great. Um, in some ways, the description of it reminds me a little about the InfoCom 100 that they discontinued in like 2012, 2011. I went in 2011, so I know they had it then. And that was the similar thing that they, they brought together a group of people, thought leadership. They talked about a single topic and came up with ideas of how that's going to impact our our industry. And let me tell you, it's 2017. I went to the one in. I think it was 2011, the Infocom 100, and the topic was intelligent buildings, smart buildings. And everything we discussed at that conference has come to pass or is suddenly right now in 2017, the hot news and, oh my God, this is going to happen or is happening. We talked about it back then. So these sort of events, if you can have them successfully, are amazing for your planning and for your business development. And I'm hoping Tide Conference goes well. I'm hoping AVEC and BLC and and the CI Summit and all of those things continue doing well. I would love to see more events like that, but we're just so blooming big in this country and, and so different within our markets that I don't know that you could just have a general one easily, if that makes sense.
0: No, that makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. Actually, we're gonna have Rachel Bradshaw from Infocom on in a couple of weeks talking about Tide. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. Check it out. We'll, we'll put a link to it on our, on our page. So guys, thank you so much. That's going to do us. Uh, Greg Brown from Cybertech. Thank you, sir. Thank you. How do people find you and or Cybertech? Uh, let's see Well, we are online.
2: I'm G Brown at Cybertech.com. Uh, still a big presence on LinkedIn and, uh, need to probably write some more stuff for infocom here at some point right. greg
0: is one of those tell, rare tell birds about that... my last my, la, my last crazy year here great greg is uh has over what was it ten thousand linkedin connections i think it's No, it's it's only
2: over a thousand yeah, still wow. I, <laughs> I, I, I have four i i post pithy little things on
0: there on a yeah. weekly or bi-weekly basis all right uh miss dawn thank you
1: ma'am thank you for having me and of course you can find me netavnet av.com is the company. I'm on all the Twitters and the everything else. Usually you can look me up as AV Dawn because that's the easiest way to find me. And of course, I'm here at AV Nation. Um, as Tim said earlier, we just posted our latest AV social show that I co-host with Kelly Perkins of AVI Systems. So go check that out. And if I could do one more shameless commercial. Sure infocom is now open for registration and last year they started a thing where you could just i call it the all you can eat buffet pass uh it's like 200 250 dollars for infocom members and you can take all the classes you want during the week of the show other than their special multi-day pack classes uh go out there and get yourself a buffet pass for infocom because uh av grump mr harry mead and i are teaching a class this year and several other folks from Aviation are teaching classes, and we would love to have you in our classes. So make sure you go register for InfoComm, and if you don't see us in class, you will see us at, A- at InfoComm with Aviation.
0: Yep, absolutely, and we'll, we'll talk about that as the weeks go on. Um, for us and, and for me, uh, don't follow me, but go by the website, Uh That's where this show's page will be. Uh, if you're listening to this in the car or while you're running, uh, we will post Uh, Both Greg and Don's social media links and uh, links to their companies there, as well as links to stories that we talked about today. Also, you can check out our underwriters; these are the people that give us money so we can continue doing what we do. So check them out and support them as well. Thank you so much, and and that all of that is at aviation.tv. Aviation.tv. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been Av Week.